good day um, once again to us all. I want to appreciate God for another privilege to learn at the feet of Jesus. And I pray that tonight God will be speaking to our hearts in the name of Jesus and that God will bless every one of us in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you once again for the privilege we've got tonight. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sparing our lives. May your name be exalted in the name of Jesus. Father, tonight as we've come to look into your word, we ask that you please speak to our hearts. We ask that you please open up our understanding and let your light shine upon us in the name of Jesus. Let darkness give way in the name of Jesus. And at the end of today's session, let your name alone be glorified. Let us have testimonies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So tonight, very briefly, I'm going to be talking or discussing with us on the topic which says, Ingredient to Answered Prayers. Ingredient to Answered Prayers. And our test or key verse for this teaching will be taken from James chapter 5, verse 16. James 5, 16, which says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Now it continues and says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Now I want us to pay close attention and if possible wherever we are underline some of these key words in this verse which are effectual, number two fervent, number three righteous and number four availeth much. I go over it again. Number one, effectual. We also have fervent, then righteous, and lastly, we have availed much. And um, according to John chapter 16, verse 24, Jesus Christ made us to understand that we receive not because we ask not, because we've not asked anything in His name. That's why we've not received anything from Him. And that's why Jesus Christ admonished us that. We shall ask and we shall receive. When we knock, the door shall be opened unto us. And when we seek, we will find. That means, you know, for everyone that asks, it shall be given unto him. For everyone that knocks, the door shall be opened unto him. And for everyone that actually seeks, you know, appropriately, you know, that seek diligently, he shall find that which he is seeking. So, um, in essence, prayer is a platform where things flow from God to us. Prayer actually is a platform designed by God, you know, to bless us, you know, to enrich our lives, where things flow from divinity down to humanity. However, for prayer to deliver its results, for prayer to be productive, for prayer to be an effect, to be effect, an effectual and effective one, an heartfelt one or heartfelt one, it must be fervent, it must uh, 
proceed from the mouth or the heart of the righteous, it must be effectual. For prayer to be productive, for it to be fruitful, it must be effectual, number one, or outfit, it must be fervent, and also it must proceed from the lips or the heart of the righteous. Like I said, we are going to be uh, taking note of these keywords from the verse that we read earlier on. Fervent, you know, uh, the righteous, and also talking about effectual or heartfelt. So what does it mean when we say um, a prayer is an heartfelt prayer? Or what does it mean when we say a prayer is an effectual one? What does it connote? Or what does it mean for a prayer to be effectual? Now, I'm going to be reading that same verse uh, from Weymouth translation, which says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be cured. Now, it goes on to say, The heartfelt supplication of a righteous man exerts a mighty influence. A heartfelt prayer. Prayed with all sincerity of heart, not deceiving oneself. A prayer centered on the will of God. Not to consume on your own lust. Not praying so that you just want to, I mean, please yourself or please oneself. Not a prayer that actually centered on oneself, but a prayer that is centered on God. A prayer that has its roots in the will of God, in God's word. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss. That tells us that even though Christ or God says that, you know, whenever we ask, we will receive. God is also telling, telling us in this verse that not all asking gets his attention. Not all asking receives his approval. Why? Because some asking are done amiss. How? Because they are being done. That verse says that they are being done so as to consume them upon our own loss. God actually, most of those prayers are taken out of the equation. The interest of God and the kingdom of God, more often than not, in those kind of prayers, are taken out out when those prayers are being offered so god is saying when you don't put me first when you don't put my kingdom first when you don't put the advancement of my kingdom first there is this high tendency or likelihood of you not getting your prayers answered you know and we need to understand that because god understands and he knows the end from the beginning he knows what is good for you he knows what is good for me more often than not when we ask things that is not in alignment with his will and he knows very surely that when he gives us that thing it will cause us you know so many harm he would rather not answer and that's why he says that more often than not those prayers we ask them to consume them on our own loss not minding the consequences most times so he says that in this kind of case prayers he would not answer our prayers he will not give ear listening ears to our prayers he will not pay attention to us because he knows that when 
he answers them, it is not for a greater good. It is not for a greater cause. It will not work out the righteousness that he actually wants in us. That he actually wants uh, in us. And Jesus Christ, in his earthly work, always puts into consideration the will of God. You know, in everything that he does, that he did, he always put in consideration the will of God. You know, but even when he was faced with the challenge of the cross, you know, every natural human being would want to, you know, dodge the cross. Every natural human being wants to stay in his comfort zone, wants to enjoy life to the fullest. But this is was Jesus Christ here. You know, face coming, who is come face to face, you know, with a death sentence. Who is come face to face with crucifixion, you know. But then, just like every normal human being will feel, you know, he felt that you know he felt you know the same way, but he prayed that the will of God should prevail. Even though he desired that the cup should pass over him, he prayed that the will of God be done, even in that circumstances, you know. And the death sentence, crucifixion, is something that, as a child of God, we can't escape. You know, Paul says that I die daily. Jesus Christ says that carry your cross daily and follow me. It's a daily thing. That means, as a child of God, for us to live out the life that God naturally or originally intended for us, crucifixion is not uh, negotiable. It's not uh, something that will be. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, something that can be. That can be ignored or left out so in everything that jesus christ went through when he was on earth he cried you know he you know he actually considered the will of god first he always prayed down the will of god when he was teaching his disciples how to pray he said you know i've having thank god i know appreciated god you know for, for God the Father, having worshipped and praised God the Father, the next thing he, he said was, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Putting the will of God first. Letting the will of God be done on earth. So we must understand that one major thing, factor that must be considered when praying, because it's going to uh, determine whether our prayers will be answered or not. One major factor that's going to be uh, that, that 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 we need to consider when praying is to, you know, is the will of God. Is to ensure that whatever thing we are praying for, whatever thing we are asking, you know, is in alignment with the word of God. And when that is done, because it says that He honors His word more than His name, He will definitely answer. The answer is very certain and very sure. Very certain and very sure. We are sure of receiving answers, you know, when that actually is in place. Second ingredient that we will be looking at, according to that uh, key verse that we read, is fervency. Fervency. You know, Matthew chapter 11 verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent taketh it by force. Verse 13 says, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until now, the will of God has been made known unto us. The promises of God has been given unto us. 
what God actually intended for us, the life God intended for us, His plan, His template has been given unto us. You know, His redemptive plan has been given unto us. However, He's saying that the kingdom of God suffers violence. It requires force to take delivery of our inheritance in Christ. It takes force. It takes engaging violence to take delivery of what belongs to us. So it is not enough to know God's mind over an issue. But we must engage ourselves in prayers, fervent prayers to see it come to pass. It's not just enough proclaiming the word, but we must pray the word. We must pray it until we see it manifest, until we see it become flesh in our lives. So, and that's why it says that the kingdom of God suffers violence. Yes, we know that this is the will of God for our lives. We know that this is the will of God for our lives. However, we must pray it to existence. We must pray it to reality. We must engage violence in doing so. Because for every promises of God for our lives, there will be oppositions from the pit of air. There will be opposition. And refuse to engage in prayers we forfeit our entry into God's fullness for our lives. Even Jesus, the head of his church, of the church, had his own share of this combat. Let's check Psalms chapter 24. Psalms 24. I'm going to start reading from verse 7 to 10. Here it reveals, uh, you know, the combat of Jesus Christ. You know. His own share of his combat, Psalm chapter 24, verse 7 to 10. He says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. In verse 9, he says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Now, can you see now? Jesus Christ, you know, the Lord of glory, the king of glory, you know, being confronted with gates, with obstructions, and having to command those gates to actually open up for him to proceed. You know, there will be oppositions even on 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 you know during his earthly work the enemy even came against him tempted him wanting to try him wanting to see if actually he would he would he would, he would, he would, he would get him he will get rid of him get rid of him get rid of him and that's to tell us that if jesus can come across things like this can come across can be confronted with situations like this as cannot be an exemption so we must forcefully engage in prayers the promises of God to see the reality of the life that God intended for us in him to see it come to pass you know Paul says that a great door and effectual has been opened unto me but there are many adversaries according to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9 so many opportunities has been opened unto him in ministry but there are so many adversaries, so many things thrown at him, wives of the enemy coming at him, you know, wanting to stop him from advancing 
you know, the, the kingdom of God, wanting to stop him from advancing, from preaching the gospel of Christ. But then he had to forcefully engage the weapon of prayer, the weapon of fasting. He said, I fast often. You know, he said, I make mention of you often in my prayers, talking about the church. You know, he engaged the weapon of prayer, praying and forcing, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the promises of God in his life. Engaging fervency in prayer. So for us to see, you know, for us to see our prayers answered, we must engage fervency. We must engage fervency. Another example of someone in the scriptures that engaged fervency in praying and also importunity, consistency, is Daniel. We're made to understand that on the first day that Daniel set his face to pray to God, that the answer was delivered. However, the answer wasn't received by Daniel until the 21st day. Why? Because the prince of Pasha actually waylaid the angel that was sent to deliver the answer to him. But because Daniel was fervent, because Daniel continued consistently praying, you know, it was not just, he didn't pray the kind of prayer some of us will pray today and just say, Father, I thank you, you know, and, you know, we just stop there. He was consistently praying that prayer until he saw his desired result violence engaging violence there's a kind of prayer that you pray when you want to see certain things come to pass in your life you know even jesus christ said this kind goeth out except by prayer and fast that means there are some kind of results that we will never be able to command until we engage fervency until we engage violence until we are violent in our praying until we are violent in our seeking until we are violent in our asking until we are violent in our knocking you know just to i mean compare a baby knocking and an adult knocking i mean if a baby wants to knock you probably might even hardly hear the knocking but when an adult wants to knock even the intensity of the knocking will even wake you up if you were asleep but even if you are awake, when a baby is knocking, you might not even know that the baby is knocking. And that will tell you the intensity, what intensity does, what fervency does. When you engage fervency, when you engage violence, violence in praying, in asking, in knocking, in seeking, you will definitely get your desired results. You will definitely get your desired results. And even God recognizes the fact that there will be oppositions from the gate of hell. And as a result, he allows violence in taking delivery of what belongs to us in christ so without violence without a violent faith certain things might not be delivered to us now let's look at the story of the man that actually had a palsy that was paralyzed all over his body and was carried you know to the place where jesus christ was teaching because they recognized that until they get to where jesus christ was he won't get his healing but unfortunately when they got there they saw that everywhere was filled up multitude filled up in out there was no way they could pass and they're like i mean they were determined to get their miracle that the further man and we're made to understand that they went through the roof removed the ceilings and dropped the guy the man that was sick you know through the roof in front of jesus and jesus christ said you no know, the word of god made us understand that jesus christ when he saw their faith 
he saw the kind of faith that i mean this kind of faith must be must really be thorough must be a violent one say because they they didn't they were they were not they, they couldn't be stopped by the obstructions they came across with they went extra mile fervency violence in getting your results in getting our results so the last ingredient to be talking about is to answer prayers is righteousness remember in the key verse we read we have fervency we have righteousness we also have effectual or heartfelt prayer effectual heartfelt prayer now according to isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 to 4 we're meant to understand that the highest of god is not you know is not short god is not blind his hand is not shortened that he cannot answer us that he cannot save us his ear is not deaf that he cannot hear us but our sin has caused a separation between us and god and that's to tell us that whenever we move into sin whenever we commit any sin whenever whosoever is living in sin actually stand a chance of not being heard by god because sin actually takes us far away from god sin sin proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 says the name of the lord is a strong tower but it takes the righteous to experience safety in that name because it says and the righteous run it into it and they are safe it's a strong tower but it's the only it can it's only it's a place of defense and refuge only for the righteous only for the righteous so are you willing to have your prayers answered are there things you are trusting god for then to be heard by god righteousness is not an option even unbelievers know that God heareth not sinners. According to John chapter 9 verse 31. Say we know that God does not hear sinners. He doesn't hear them. He doesn't answer the sinners. So we are not just talking about imputed righteousness as a child of God that was imputed for us at salvation. But talking about practical righteousness. Living it out. Because if the inside of your cup be clean, the outside also be clean. So whatsoever righteousness that have been wrought in us at salvation must be reflective on the outside. Because new birth actually isn't just a concern about our inward bank, but much more, you know, concerned about how we walk in this earth, on this earth. And that's why it says, for as men that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So talking about practical righteousness practical righteousness for whosoever doeth righteousness is righteous as he is righteous now let's if we look at the uh, looking at the, the message translation of james chapter 5 verse 15 verse 16 the message translation of james chapter 5 verse 16 says make this your common practice i'm reading from the message translation say make this your common practice Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Can you see? The prayer of someone of a person living right with God. God told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. I don't I won't condone those um those imperfections. Walk before me and be perfect. Walk, do as I do, say as I say, 
you know, the the prayer of a person living right before God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. So, if I may ask, do you want your prayers to be reckoned with? Do you want God to hear you? If you are still in sin, He will not hear you. Therefore, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage those of us listening to me to kindly surrender her life totally to God. You know, stop, drop every form of sin. White lie, black lie, red lie. Is it fornication? Whatsoever kind of thing that you are indulging yourself in that you know God hates. You know, stop them, drop them. Decide in your heart to live a lifestyle, to you know, to engage in a lifestyle of righteousness. And when you speak, when you pray, when you go to God in prayers, He will gladly hear you. He says that even before you ask, He will answer you. So, I will be praying with us shortly. And for those of us that want to surrender our lives to Christ, whatever you may be, I want you to pray, you know, with all sincerity of heart that God will have mercy on you, that God will show you mercy and forgive you all your sins. Jesus Christ already shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for us, that all our sin might be wiped away. I want you to engage that blood and say, Father, please forgive me my sins. Wash me with the precious blood of the Lamb. Please, wherever I have made mistakes, all of the sins I have, have all of my wrongs, please wipe them off. I, I promise from now on I will walk according to your will. I will walk, make lifestyle righteousness my lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. I'm going to pray with us very shortly. Our Father and our God want to say thank you. We appreciate you for your word to us tonight. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for speaking, opening our eyes to the essence of righteousness. Thank you for opening our eyes to the essence of understanding your will in the place of prayer. May your name be exalted in the name of Jesus. Father, as we've you know, accepted, as, as we've decided to walk in your righteousness, as from now on, as we open our mouth to pray, as we come boldly to the throne of grace, you know, in time of need, we ask that you please show us mercy in the name of Jesus. We ask that you please let every of our requests be answered by fire in the name of Jesus. Concerning every of our requests that will be laid down to you, you know, whenever we kneel to pray, whenever we come to you to pray, whenever we bow our hearts to you to pray, we ask that you please answer them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered. All glory belongs to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.